It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older than one. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, Amateur This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy. Right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. And greetings from the Federated Media Studios on the south side of the Summit City with producer Adam Lunny. This is John Nolan in for Brett who's on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team. They're taking on Pitt tonight, playing the Panthers in Pittsburgh. That's a 7 o'clock game that you can catch right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM, as well as streaming online via 1380thefan.com and over your smart speaker. So coming up here over the next couple of hours, we've got your local sports fix. For that matter, actually, really all local all the time. Here this evening, a, a full night worth of local programming. We're taking you up till 6. Then it'll be Justin Kenny with the high school coaches show talking local high school basketball. Pre-game for the Mastodons at 6.45. Tip there at the Peterson Event Center is 7 o'clock. And then later tonight, we'll have a special edition National Signing Day version of the Ryan Walters show that's scheduled for 10.05 and plenty of buzz for good reason about IU football right now and Coach Signetti and the recruiting class that he's been able to put together. But truth be told, for whatever it's worth, if you go off the ESPN.com rankings or or other uh, resources out there, Purdue's actually still got a, a better signing class than IU's been able to, uh, to put together. Again, just based off whatever the, the stars are, they don't necessarily win games, but... Uh, some positive stuff to talk about for the Boilermakers as well. And then, of course, the, the best in-state signing class will go to Notre Dame, including Tay-Tay Johnson out of Northside High School. And so looking ahead to hour number two of our program here this evening, we'll talk with Dylan Sin from the Journal Gazette, who covers all those teams, not to mention the number one team in men's college basketball right now, the Boilermakers and the Hoosiers, who survived last night against Moorhead State. So we'll get into all of that. We'll also cover things just here in the Summit City. We'll have Brett joining us here. He said he was off for the year, but we're going to we're gonna pull him back in here just to get a preview of the Mastodons in Pitt tonight. Again, Purdue-Fort Wayne at 11-1. It's their best start to a season at the Division One level now, more than 20 years' worth of history at the D1 level, and you got to go back to the 80s when they were D2 for the last time they had started a season 11-1. and And so far, that's included a win against DePaul, a Power 6 program, but a different level of a challenge tonight at Pitt in the ACC. And then we'll talk with Mastodon's women's basketball head coach, the Fort Wayne native Maria Marcasano, later this hour as well because... Her team will be in action on campus tomorrow at 11 a.m. special time 
as they'll host Aquinas from Grand Rapids. Get a preview of that and just kind of catch up with her, not only on this season, but here at just uh, 10 or so days left in the calendar year is a big year of growth for the Mastodons women's basketball program. So we'll reflect on that with Maria. Again, Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball playing tonight at Pitt and then the women's team at home tomorrow. Uh, so for those of you who are lucky enough to already be done with uh, your work week, maybe even for the rest of the year. And so if you're looking for something to do, it's super affordable. As a matter of fact, tomorrow, reason that the game is starting at 11 o'clock is because there's going to be about 600 or so kids from Fort Wayne Community Schools. They call it Fitness Day. So the kids will uh, get bussed over to uh, campus Early in the morning, they'll get to go into the field house over there and run, literally run around, run some of that energy off, and then continue dancing and uh, jumping up and down and having a fun time watching uh, some pretty high-level Division One college basketball. Yeah, that's fantastic. Always love to get the kids involved, get them a chance to see some of the uh, local talent, local basketball. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned it. This is going to be a very tough challenge for the Purdue-Fort Wayne men tonight, taking on Pitt out of the ACC. It's their final game of the season before they get into Horizon League play. Uh, so just another uh, tough challenge before they get into uh, the, the rest of their league schedule. And it's the same for the women. Uh, one more tune-up here against Aquinas, and then they get into league play with uh, Milwaukee with their next game. So On the road, yeah, yeah. after Christmas. So cover the Colts of course and by the way don't forget coming up on Friday morning on uh, Caleb and Kenny they're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to the Colts game against the Raiders at Lucas Oil on New Year's Eve just three to go here in the playoff push for Indy they're playing against the Falcons in Atlanta coming up on Christmas Eve this Sunday and then two in a row at home to close it out and you could have a chance to win tickets if you listen in to Caleb and Kenny that's from seven to nine on Friday morning. Another programming note just for your awareness. Mentioned Notre Dame football a little while ago. Of course, the uh, Sun Bowl down in El Paso against Oregon State. That's not till December 29th, but this Saturday, a special edition of Fighting Irish Preview with the judge Phil Houck. 10 a.m. this Saturday to preview the Irish's bowl game against Oregon State. And I think Phil then will wind up having coverage uh, for us from El Paso for that what is it the uh the cereal bowl basically yeah the, the tony the tiger bowl they're tony the tiger they can't they can't call it the frosted flakes bowl they have to call it the tony <laughs> the tiger bowl um hey by the way don't forget you can sign up for breaking sports news and interact with our shows by texting fan f-a-n to four six eight six two and that is our Parkview Sports Medicine text line. So be part of the conversation. 46862. Let us know what's on your mind. The good, the bad again here as the uh, the calendar winds down. Let us know your best of the year. Your, you know, not best of the year. Your worst of the year. Although we're trying to keep things, you know, more upbeat, not dwell on the negative. Um, and hey, in case you, you missed any of the show today, don't forget you can download any episode for free on your favorite podcasting platform that includes apple spotify and more before we go any further adam's got today's top headlines all right thank you john let's get into it colts head coach shane steichen was asked about the suspension of wide receiver isaiah mckenzie and cornerback tony brown quote 
there's going to be a standard and people are going to be held accountable, quote. Uh, so still not learning much about that situation. But we've also learned today that both players have had their lockers removed from the Colts locker room. So not a good sign for those two players. But good news for the Colts today. Running back Jonathan Taylor, who has been recovering from surgery on his thumb, was estimated to be a, quote, full participant on today's walkthrough practice report. They didn't actually practice today, but if he were to practice, they suspected that he would be a full participant. So good news for the Colts run game. 2024 five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, the first receiver ever ranked as the number one player in the 247 sports recruiting rankings, signed with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Smith caught 88 passes for 1,376 yards, leading his team to a 14-0 record as a senior. Well, Purdue's football signing class includes their newest quarterback, Marcus Davila. Marcos Davila. Davila tossed 30 touchdowns for 3,303 yards on 200 of 19 of 339 passing in his senior season, averaging 254 yards per game and 16.8 yards per completion. And Center Grove senior quarterback Tyler Cherry announced right after yesterday's show that he has committed to the IU Hoosiers. Cherry decommitted from Duke last week and chose Indiana over Michigan State. He is the second highest rated quarterback India has land- Indiana has landed during the rankings era. As a senior, he completed 71.5% of his throws for over 3,000 yards and 34 touchdowns with six interceptions. Last story today, Oregon State and Washington State are working on an affiliate agreement with the West Coast Conference for men and women's basketball as well as several Olympic sports. Baseball, not part of the package. The two leftover members of the collapsed Pac-12 have been in search of a home for their other sports after agreeing to a football scheduling partnership with the Mountain West. Those are your top stories today, John. Great job, Adam. Thank you very much. And yeah, you look back on 2023, I think one of the biggest stories is the demise of the Pac-12. And in relation to that, then the continued growth of the Big Ten. But uh, yeah, honestly, I, I feel for... Uh, for Oregon State and Washington State yeah. um, fans, not to mention the actual student athletes, members uh, of those communities. That's tough. Yeah, not really knowing where you're going to play next season or what's the future of your acad- uh, athletic program. It's just, it's tough. It, it really is tough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they uh, they obviously have something to unfortunately gripe about as they reflect on their year that was here in 2023 and also just touching back there on some of the headlines you mentioned again next hour we'll go a little bit more in depth with national signing day so we'll have dylan sin from the journal gazette on but uh yeah adam how uh, how's here we are middle of the week wednesday late afternoon now how's your wednesday going hey so far so good we're pulling through uh you know this weather i feel like if it's if it's gonna be cloudy i do want it to snow I, I don't want to just look out there and see clouds for no reason. That's that's pointless to me. If you're going to be cloudy, give me the snow. If if you're going to not be cloudy, then give me the clear weather. But this is just right in the middle, and, and it's, it's it's a little bit of a mood damper. But we're we're pulling through. We got we got a lot of fun to, a lot of fun sports topics to talk about. So had had, had sun uh, earlier today. As a matter of fact, I actually went to the eye doctor today just a yeah a checkup exam because I hadn't had one in like five years. So I figured that's oh, probably something I, I suppose I should do. Yeah. Get something out of having, uh, you know, the fortune of having some health care. So, again, it had been like five years since I had had a routine eye exam. And, you know, they dilate your eyes. And 
I think they did tell me, oh, make sure you grab a pair of our, you know, cheap plastic sunglasses on your way out of here. <laughs> then I got caught up. I had a nice conversation with uh, a receptionist there. Her son actually was recently hired by the Chicago White Sox. This is, would be a name that folks around here uh, would know. Uh, Donovan Clark, he was a standout at Southside, actually played football at yeah. IU and then played baseball a little bit at IPFW, then at Huntington. Anyway, just got hired by the White Sox, and he's going to be a strength coach for one of their minor league affiliates, so that's awesome to hear. Um, but next thing you know, I, I forgot to grab the sunglasses, and then I start driving, and I'm like, oh, shoot, this is pretty tough to see Uh-oh. right now. So <laughs> thankfully, uh, got home safely, was able to, yeah. to grab a pair of sunglasses. But yeah, not an issue now. It's cloudy. At least it did warm up today. Uh, but I hear you. You know, trying to get into the the, uh, the holiday vibe snow this week or so uh, is kind of welcomed to uh, to fit the mood. Speaking of the holidays, coming up on Saturday, the twenty third, that'll be Festivus. We won't have a show for you on Festivus next couple of days. It's going to be Shannon Griffith who fills in for Brett. So this is my last chance to be with you on the air today. So I want to get into the holiday spirit as well and celebrate Festivus. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. The late great Jerry Stiller, Frank Costanza on Seinfeld, an iconic episode. They're a Festivus for the rest of us. And so certainly would like to hear all of your grievances if you want to air them. Send them into our Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. I'm just going to get one out of my system right now here, Adam. I apologize to you as we're sharing the uh, comfy confines of the studio together. I've got a little bit of a cold. All right, no big deal. Just uh, a runny nose. I'm not really too <laughs> too concerned about it. But here's yeah, here's what here's my gripe. Here's my grievance with other people. We just are hardly removed from a literal global pandemic, and I am absolutely disgusted by how many people I see out in public routinely coughing and sneezing right into their hands and then just going along with life. Are you kidding me? What are you going <laughs> to grow up and not cough or sneeze into your hands? How about a little bit of like the dab motion? Cough or sneeze into the side of your arm. You're wearing a jacket. Hide your face. Sneeze into your sleeve or something like that. It's <laughs> disgusting. I was out at a restaurant the other day picking up food and uh, it seemed like the employee was off the clock. They were kind of having like a staff meeting or something. But mm-hmm. someone in the food service industry, God bless them, appreciate their patience with everyone they have to deal with. But they coughed right into their hand and then just continue their meal. That's gross. Yeah, that's gross. Don't do that. Don't do don't do that. And so I, I don't know who I'm directly blaming, but the fact that uh, I've got a cold right now. I was, it's not my fault. It's right. These slobs that are that are among us. Gosh, you got any grievances there right now? Um, nothing as major as that. Mine and mine would just be the uh, the really grumpy people who are just constantly complaining about the NBA and its in season tournament. Whether it be oh this is pointless, I don't understand. Uh, this, I don't like the color of the basketball courts. Well, now they're worried about the banner for the. Oh, Lakers. I don't like the I don't like the Lakers hanging up the banner. Is just uh, it's just I I had a lot of fun watching the in season tournament. I thought it was very enjoyable. I thought the I thought it was a success for the NBA, and it's nothing worth 
complaining over. It's just a bunch of old grumpy people who uh, don't don't want to have any fun and just want to stick to tradition. And the only time you can ever do anything fun is if it's if, if it's when you've won a, a, a seven game series in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't understand people who get on the NBA's case for early season games not having any urgency. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you create a format in which a handful of the games did have a little extra juice. Players were playing at a higher level, but then they flip it and they're like, well, they're just supposed to play hard. I don't like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a lot of complaining. But, I, you know, you, if you want to have these games be interesting and you want the NBA to have fun in the early season. But then when they try to do something, it's like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the banner. I don't like the courts. I, you know, you can't win either way with some people. And that's the thing. Glad you got that off your chest. Thank you. Because now that the in-season tournaments in the past, and I could tell it was weighing on you. It was. It was. Oh, Com- wow. I could just literally see your shoulders. <laughs> uh, you just, like, relax. Relax now. A couple texts we got at 46862. Um, this was before we asked for grievances, but they said so many players are opting out of these college bowl games that they might not be worth watching. I think that was... You know what? It could be a grievance. You know what? And then somebody else said... I'm going to let you read this one. Yeah, somebody else said, worse is uh, farting in public and not owning up to it. You know, you got to own up to it. Don't act like you didn't do it. It's just, you know, get it out of the way. Say, hey, my bad. You know what? I agree with that. I don't don't think you should act like it was somebody else or try to pass the blame. Just own up to it. Well, I I didn't realize that that was as much of an epidemic as it might be. Apparently, uh, yeah. Smelt it, dealt it, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, again, we'd love here in the in the spirit of Festivus for you to air your grievances via our Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. We're not going to do the feats of strength here because Adam's got like at least six inches on me, <laughs> uh, you know, a a decent uh, a decent difference uh, on the scales too. So I don't want to yeah. mess with Adam and the feats of strength. <laughs> uh, our studio again, in case you missed it yesterday, we talked about it. it is beautifully decorated. They got some some colorful uh, light bulbs up yeah. for the uh, holiday season. We we've got our Festivus poll. Uh, so yeah, definitely feeling the holiday vibes. All right, gonna step aside. When we come back, we're gonna have. The usual host of this program, Brett Rump, join us live from Pittsburgh, where the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team is taking on Pitt tonight. We'll get a quick preview of that game from Brett next. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Remember, you can sign up for the free fan club email list. Sign up at 1380thefan.com by clicking on the on-demand tab or by texting FAN, F-A-N, to 46862. That's our Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. And here a few days ahead of Festivus, let us know if you've got any grievance to air. Somebody texting in a grievance that Brett can't be in two places at once. So I don't know if that's worth grieving or not. But this is John Nolan in for Brett. But now on our guest line is the Brett Rump regular host of this show, who's out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where tonight the Purdue-Fort Wayne men's basketball team has taken on the Panthers' big test against an ACC opponent. Brett, we'll start with this year. Uh, again, we're celebrating Festivus a little bit early. You've got any grievances to air? Okay, I'll go ahead and just let loose, because it is my show, so I can control the content here for a minute. But number one, tell Adam, I still don't like those ugly NBA in-season tournament courts, okay? Blame me. 
I don't like him. He's the old man I was complaining about. Yeah, now we know what uh, Adam was getting to. Yeah, and and then also, John, I don't think Indiana's in a good spot. I heard this yesterday. I don't think they're in a good spot right now. I know the Big Ten, I don't even care what Ken Palmer ranks the conference. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at history. When you look historically at teams that get in as at-large, and I don't think anybody at this point expects Indiana to win the Big Ten, but when you look, teams right now, Indiana's 110. And even with a tough schedule, what do you think? They get into the 50s, maybe? I mean, if everything fell perfectly into place, maybe in the 40s. But if you have a team that's in the 60s or 70s, historically, that team has to have seven quad one wins to be an at-large selection. It just doesn't happen very often and hasn't happened for a couple of years. So, when you look at Indiana, 0-3 right now, or 1-3 in quad one, although Michigan is a little bit of a gift because Michigan is 72 right now on the net ratings, and if they were 75 or if they were over 75, that would not have been a quad one. But they're 1-3, that means they need six more quad one wins. You look at their schedule, a couple of the teams that they would even have a chance to get a quad one, on the road, uh, they don't even play on the road like Michigan State. They only play them at home. Uh, Iowa, they only play them at home. Uh, so they only have like seven total games in the Big Ten that would qualify as quad one. And they got to almost run the slate to be able to be qualified for the tournament. So that's why blowing one of the few games you do have with a chance to win it in the second half, I think that's pretty costly for the Hoosiers. Yeah, and they, as it stands right now, they have seven quad one games on the schedule remaining in the Big Ten, and then six that would currently qualify as quad two. So I, I'd have to, I'd have to check. I don't, I'm not so sure you're correct that teams usually have seven quad one wins to be an at-large. I, I don't think that's accurate. We're going to have to... When their net rankings are outside the top 40, that those teams that have made it, generally they've had seven uh, quad one wins or seven or more quad one, quad two, if they're, if they're in the lower part of that. But uh, Well, based so off how they played last night, it could all wind up being a moot point because they have... I think the bottom line is they have the opportunities remaining coming up ahead, but they're just going to have to show that they can s- consistently play at a better level. But uh, Well, they just don't have those, those marquee wins, those quad ones available on their schedule. They're going to have to do something where it puts them in a position in the Big Ten where they can't leave them out. But, uh, but right now, the, what really hurts them is being 110 in the net. Because you've got so many bad teams right now, according to the net rankings, in the Big Ten, and everybody's going to beat everybody else. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of movement, a little bit up, because you will play, you won't play the Patsies. But, uh, but it, it's not an easy road for Indiana if they're expecting that the committee is going to be the one to put them in. Right, and so, and we'll talk more about IU later. But uh, and the, the net stuff, frankly, is confusing. But if you, it is 
what the committee is going to rely upon. So it is worth if you're if you're passionate about this, uh, you know, Googling uh, the NCAA's page that has the breakdown of whether it's a, a net or a quad one versus quad two, because it's dependent whether or not it's a home game or a road game or a neutral site game. Uh, but one thing, again, just to finish up on that. One thing that's hurting IU is that they are beating some of these lesser teams on the schedule by, in the case of last night against Moorhead State, just one point. That that actually goes against oh. them because part of the reason why the Macedons are well ahead of the Hoosiers when it comes to the net ranking, Macedons have been up towards 50 and currently still in the top 80. And that's in part because they are crushing the lesser teams that have been on their schedule, including going back a couple weeks ago on the road. It was a win at Southern Indiana. They've picked up a couple of home wins since, but that win at Southern Indiana meant that on this current road trip at Pittsburgh, that ice cream was scheduled to be uh, on the menu. So we've we got your grumpy side there, your Grinch side with the airing of grievances. We're able to get some ice cream to raise your holiday spirits too on this trip. Uh, John, last night I got some s'mores ice cream. Uh, fantastic. First time I've ever had some Moore's ice cream. <laughs> the only problem is you get like an entire pint to yourself. And so uh, I'm, I've got the ice cream, but I've also got the belly today to show that I got my ice cream. But uh, yeah, so thank you very much because you actually went on the road. You got the win. I, I enjoyed the ice cream. Having your cake or your dessert and uh, eating it, too, in that case. Uh, well, I know assistant coach Ryan Sims, uh, the pride of Snyder, he makes sure that you're always... Uh, well-fed and taken care of there on the road. But, uh, yeah, it is a quote-unquote business trip for the Mastodon. 7 o'clock game tonight at Pitt. Pre-game with Brett will start at 645. Panthers come into this one at 8-3. and three. So what's the recipe for the Dons to pull off another upset tonight? Well, you know, you mentioned one of the things about the Mastodons, and a lot of people will say they haven't had that tough of a schedule. And that, in part, is true. And I said this on the show the other day, that they put a schedule together based on the team they expected to have. And that was a very inexperienced teams, uh, team with a lot of question marks. You had some grad transfers. You're counting on or, uh, transfers. You had some uh, freshmen that were going to be counted on. And so you really didn't know what to expect. Well, this team has really overproduced based on expectations. Now tonight they get a pit team that has clearly uh, three really key players, but the one guy that stands out is Blake Henson. Found an interesting story from Coach Kaufman, and I'll let him tell more of it on our pregame tonight. But Coach Kaufman, when he was in Deland, Florida, Blake Henson, who is from the, uh, the Deland area, actually came to a camp. Coach Kaufman met him when he was a, a young boy. Uh, Coach Kaufman got to know Blake's father, and now here tonight, Coach Kaufman takes his team on the court against the star of Pittsburgh, Blake Henson, with Henson having a chance to uh, to win the game for his Pitt Panthers. But it's a lot of size for Pittsburgh, a lot of quickness for the Mastodons. They're going to have to do the recipe of what they've done to be successful. They're going to have to force Pittsburgh into mistakes. They're going to have to score in transition. But uh, ultimately, too, they're going to have to rebound. That's going to be one of the big things the remainder of this season is it's a challenge for the Mastodons who play a four-guard lineup to be able to rebound against some teams who play a more traditional four or maybe even a bigger three 
to be able to, to do it on the glass. They did it really well against Bethune-Cookman, especially in that second half. But that's going to be the challenge tonight. When you take on these Power 5 conference teams, you've got to uh, be able to match their size and physicality when you're maybe a little undersized. And so, you know, it'll be a fun test for the Dons. And it could be anything from a Dons win to a close loss to a blowout. Who knows? Uh, these games right before Christmas, you're never sure what to expect. The Dons haven't played many opponents like this. But regardless what happens tonight, they're still going to have a chance to come back and start the Horizon League, the bulk of the Horizon League schedule, already with a 2-0 and record in first place. Yeah, uh, just a, a few numbers from this one that are pretty interesting. You talk about the size uh, disparity Purdue-Fort Wayne considered to be the third shortest team in the country. And then on the flip side, Pitt, the sixth tallest. So yeah. they're they're not even just big comparative to Purdue-Fort Wayne. And they're not just big for being in the ACC. They're one of the biggest teams in the entire country. And then, of course, as you pointed out, a couple of the Don strengths have been in forcing turnovers at the same time valuing the ball themselves. But Pitt, uh, the eighth lowest turnover rate in the country and the Panthers also top 10 in the country in defending the three-point arc. So on paper, it does seem to be a, an exceptionally uh, difficult matchup for the Dons. And Brett, I know you got to jump on the uh, the bus with the team here in a bit, so don't want to keep you too much longer. But looking ahead, as you mentioned, after this, you get the Christmas holiday and then right back into uh, Horizon League play and taking on the, the reigning Horizon League champs in Northern Kentucky on the 29th. But looking ahead, we'll call that kind of the new year unofficially. What's kind of like a resolution you would like to see from this Don's team? And even though they're 11-1, an area for Horizon League play where you think they can still show development? Well, I, uh, you know, the one thing I think is this team is very explosive getting to the basket. I'd like to see them be a little more consistent in finishing. Sometimes they explode so fast to get to the basket, they get a little out of control and they've missed some layups. Number two, I would like to see them improve their free-throw shooting. And it isn't necessarily a couple of the top guys in free-throw shooting. It's a couple of the guys that know who they are. Uh, they happen to be taller gentlemen, but uh, but they have struggled at the line. And they're going to get fouled. They're going to get hacked, especially when teams want to uh, you know, try to flip a score or try to get a key possession. They're, they're probably going to be fouled. And uh, right now they've struggled a bit. But both of them, I go to practice, and both of them can knock down free throws. They've just got to take that out and do it during the games. Uh, and then the, the big X factor for this team, John, is, is going to be box out. Uh, good footwork, box out, uh, stick to principles, and uh, try to stay on the boards with some of these bigger teams. But, you know, you don't see a whole lot of giant teams in the Horizon League. These type of matchups are always difficult for a mid-major, especially one that plays four guards. But when you get into the Horizon League, most of those teams are going to be 6'1", 6'2", at the point guard. They're going to be 6'3", 6'4", at the two guard, maybe 6'5", at a three guard. And the Dons can match up against that. But when you look at Pitt, as you mentioned, they've got three seven-footers. They've got uh, another guy who's 6'11". They've got uh, 6'5", 6'3", 6'8". I mean, Henson, the guy I mentioned earlier, 6'8", 230 pounds, and he can take you down the low block and post you up. 
but he also is the 10th best three-point shooter in the entire country. And so, you know, it just becomes a, a matchup issue that could be a real challenge tonight. Well, we look forward to listening to your call again. Pre-game will start at 645 and then tip for Purdue-Fort Wayne at Pitt at 7. And I guess technically we're cutting into your vacation time here, uh, at least from the sports rush. So, uh, Brett, thanks for your time. We'll see about IU and the opportunities for quad one wins uh, as Big Ten play gets going uh, in the start of 2024. But uh, thanks as always. uh, Safe travels, and uh, we'll listen to you tonight. And thanks for jumping in. Have a uh, very Merry Christmas to both of you. Probably will not talk to either one of you again. In fact, I promised Adam I wouldn't. <laughs> I thought you guys uh, were going to FaceTime on Christmas morning and uh, you know, <laughs> open up gifts together. <laughs> but uh, but have, have a great holiday. And thanks again, John, for jumping in. Yes, my pleasure. So there is Brett joining us from Pittsburgh. We'll hear from him in a couple hours or so. But in the meantime... Going to take a timeout, pivot to the women's side of things, and have Mastodon's head coach Maria Marcasano join us to preview her team's game on campus tomorrow morning. That and more when we come back on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Mike Nutter, team president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. And this is John Nolan from the Tin Caps as well, filling in for Brett here today. We're actually going to reference Mike in our next conversation as now we have Mastodon's women's basketball head coach, the Fort Wayne native Maria Marcasano joining us on the phone. And coach, thanks a lot for your time here on the eve of a game day that'll start tomorrow on campus at the Gate Center at 11 a.m. against Aquinas from Grand Rapids. So just first off, what do you have fans and some who've already kind of uh, finished up work for the week and maybe even for the year and are looking for something to do tomorrow. Uh, they might be uh, interested in the fact that it's a special start time tomorrow. What is there to look forward to uh, on campus at the Gate Center? Yeah, for sure. 11 a.m. start. Um, you know, it's, I always complain on game days that I hate waiting around for games to start. So tomorrow's a dream come true for me. You know, it's right off the bat. Um, a competitive game against uh, Aquinas, um, obviously a non-Division one, but they've got some Division one players on that team, um, some that we've even competed against in the past. Um, so it should be a very, you know, exciting, challenging game for our girls. And, and then obviously it's fitness day, and we'll have a bunch of kids there. Uh, so the crowd and atmosphere should be great. I think we have a DJ um, coming as well tomorrow. Uh, I think our us coaching staff, we're going to be in a holiday theme uh, attire. So. It should be a fun uh, morning, early afternoon at the Gate Center. And I'll have the call on uh, ESPN Plus for anyone who can't make it over there. And so we're going to have to make sure the cameras are ready, though, to get a shot of the bench and uh, some special holiday fits. I'm going to make sure to uh, to come come proper with um, maybe an ugly sweater myself. But uh, you got a, a special uh, attire for that? Yeah, we were uh, we were all kind of showing each other, you know, what we had today, and it's kind of all over the place. Some of us are in uh, ugly attire, some of us are just very Christmassy and bright, and some of us are it's actually kind of cute stuff. So uh, we're kind of all over the place. Uh, we were kind of laughing about it before um, I left a little bit ago. So um, you know, I think everyone's excited for the game. Um, obviously, everyone's also excited for for the holiday break. These girls sacrificed so much to 
miss so many weekends and holidays with their families, and, and this is one that we all get to ourselves, and it'll be nice to get three or four days to kind of step away and, and get refreshed for the second half of our season. Yeah, and again, uh, part of the reason for the 11 a.m. start tomorrow, I think it's about 600 Fort Wayne Community School kids who will be out there. And pretty cool how Maria is an alumnus of uh, Fort Wayne Community Schools herself. And so helping to pave the way now for the next generation of kids to have some fun uh, before Christmas tomorrow. Now, Coach, um, coming off of a, a couple of losses after you guys had really been rolling. So, uh, as you mentioned one more here before you get a little bit of a chance to recharge with the holiday break. But uh, where do you feel like your crew is at going into uh, tomorrow's game after a tough loss last weekend at Western Michigan? Uh, a double-digit lead against a MAC opponent, but uh, a tough time closing that one out. Yeah, I think uh, our crew is, is you know kicking themselves. Obviously, we didn't close out two games that uh, were within reach within the last two minutes, and, and that's uh, something that we've got to continue to learn from. We spent a lot of time in the film room uh, Monday, Tuesday, and today was probably one of our longer film sessions as well. You know, watching that film, watching practice film, and obviously, you know, prepping for Aquinas. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hope we can get healthy over this break. You know, no excuses. We should have won both of those games. But we were missing two starters last game, and obviously without Jahazi for the last seven or eight games, who is just our anchor on both ends of the floor. Uh, so we're hoping that we can get completely healthy over this uh, quick break. Um, I think the girls are excited to, to play tomorrow and kind of shake off, um, you know, the bad taste in our mouth with, with the two losses we just um, just had. So I think it'll be a good day to, to kind of get back on track. We, like I said, we've watched a lot of film and some of the good habits that we've gotten away from, especially on the defensive end, um, and really have cost us the games, you know, these last two games. So I think – um, having seen that stuff on film, the girls kind of um, are kicking themselves, but really they're they're you know they're learning and they're getting better, and, and it's better to make those mistakes now than in March. Yeah, absolutely. As uh, yeah, after Christmas, it's uh, Horizon League action the rest of the way. Well, I know you were on here a couple weeks ago with Brett and had the chance to spotlight a local player in the program who was recognized as the Horizon League's Freshman of the Week, Rena Schwederman, at a nearby Jay County High School in Portland. Well. Now this week, again, another positive, Aaron Woodson in the freshman class, the Horizon League Freshman of the Week. Now, in this case, Aaron grew up in Richmond, Virginia. He's got kind of a Fort Wayne tie, though, and I was wondering if you could, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Aaron's background, share the story of recruiting her to uh, Northeast Indiana. Yeah, she's got a couple different um, Indiana ties, and, you know, obviously, you know, for the, the baseball fans, her father played for the Dodgers and then um, was the head coach of the Fort Wayne Wizards for a good amount of time here in Fort Wayne. Uh, more recently, he was the head coach of the Richmond Spiders. Uh, but her mom uh, grew up in Valpo, and her twin sister, her aunt, still lives in Valpo. So she does have some family here in Indiana, even though she's a long way from home. Um, you know, they kind of followed my career when I was out east at Mount St. Mary's when we made our NCAA tournament run. Um, he reached out to me initially, or that family. Um, I feel like all of them were on that email and said they were interested. And, you know, we get a ton of emails, and I was like, ah, you know, let me take a look at it. And then we went and saw her play, and we kind of fell in love with her game and her abilities. And um, she's only been playing basketball about five years. She was a gymnast uh, most of her life. So every time we went out and watched her play, she was getting better and better and better. And um, athletically, she's very gifted. And so I think there's a very high ceiling for that kid because she's still learning the game. She's still learning 
um, you know, college basketball and just, you know, little things about the game. And so for her to be freshman of the week already and really just to have a role, a regular role on a very successful Division One team is just a credit to her work ethic. And we're excited, you know, between her and Renna especially, we're excited about the future of those two uh, freshmen that we have in our program. Yeah, it's pretty cool how, you know, it seems like every single game now, Shayla Sellers, who's uh, the fifth-year leader of the program, she is etching her name with a, a new milestone or program record. But uh, at the same time, it's like every class is well-represented, and especially with a couple of stud freshmen, Aaron, a six-foot wing. And, yeah, for uh, older baseball fans, they remember her dad was a member of the 1988 World Series champion Dodgers. And now... Actually, just a super athletic family. I know she's got a brother who is a great tennis player and now a coach at Baylor and then another brother who's going to be maybe one of the top freshmen uh, in the Big 12 playing baseball uh, like uh, their dad at Baylor. So cool to have Erin back here in uh, the Summit City where, yeah, her dad, I remember during the summer, he's still friends with Mike Nutter. So he came out with the family to a Tin Caps game and got to see Parkview feel a little bit different than what he remembered uh, from the castle. Well, uh, Maria, before uh, we let you go, if uh, others aren't familiar with this, uh, you know, you're a pretty big Bishop Lures boys basketball fan uh, these days. The night's off to uh, a 5-0 and start uh, with your husband, Seth, coughing as the head coach there. What's the dynamic like uh, in, a, in a household where you got two head coaches uh, in season right now? We actually get this question quite often. Um and the easy answer is there's not much of a dynamic at all because we don't see each other very often <laughs> this time of year. Um, you know, it's it's been really cool. I mean, thankfully, a lot of our games don't overlap, so I'm able to go to his games. He's able to come to ours. Um, I'm bummed there's a couple big matchups this, this winter where we don't have a game, but we leave the day before, so I'm going to miss a couple of those games, uh, you know, this winter. But for the most part, you know, our, our schedules haven't, you know, um, haven't had us miss too many games, but we don't see each other very much. Um, he works late, I work late, um, but we're very supportive of each other. People don't, we don't really talk about basketball as much as people might think, but we do watch a lot of basketball, whether it's college, NBA, or, or high school, or film, or, or whatever. So um, it's definitely a different dynamic, but it's, it's a fun one. So you don't have the whiteboard out at the kitchen table or uh, you know, diagramming <laughs> X's and O's on the napkin? <laughs> Not, not usually. We've we've gotten the salt and pepper shakers involved in a couple um, of <laughs> zone offenses that we've talked about in the past, but um, that's probably about the extent of it. It doesn't happen too often, honestly. Well, again, very cool to see uh, the Lures boys basketball team. They were just recognized by Wayne as the uh, area team of the week, off to a five and zero start, and uh, the Mastodons again continue to uh, achieve new accomplishments. Uh, in the women's basketball program under Maria already this season, you know, best start through 10 games and highest ever net ranking. And that's after last season, making it down to Indianapolis in the final four of the horizon league. So uh, Maria, congratulations again on all you uh, and the program uh, is accomplishing and uh, best of luck tomorrow and going forward. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Mastodon women's basketball head coach, Maria Marcasano. Joining us here on the guest line, and uh, I know Brett had even been talking about this uh, earlier in the week, but as a reminder, pretty uh, amazing value to go on campus to the Gate Center, whether it's a men's game or a women's game, get in for $10, free parking. So yeah. just a $10 ticket, you're pretty close to the yeah, action. That's huge. You know, they similar to going to a Tin Caps game, there's lots of, uh, you know, 
fan interactive promotions, uh, inexpensive uh, concessions. So a, a great, affordable way to to spend uh, part of your holiday break, perhaps. Absolutely. Don't forget that we're uh, accepting your airing of grievances as we're getting up close to Festivus here. Uh, text 46862 if you have any grievances that you want to air. Somebody said uh, their grievance is Brett getting ice cream and not sharing. So... They're not happy that Brett got to have that yeah, ice cream well, I think that you we could probably have a decent amount of uh, grievances to air with Brett, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we gotta we gotta move oh, on I right won't now. Lay, yeah, I won't <laughs> lay into him too much right now, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, you great, gotta make great. sure you get that big end of your bonus check first, oh, right? <laughs> oh, that's definitely coming. I can't wait for that. But uh, great but yes. conversation. Yeah, our Parkview Sports Medicine text line is four six eight six two. Whatever is on your mind, but in particular here, uh, again, a special Festivus. Uh, celebration today that won't come until Saturday when we don't have a program and it'll be the coach Shannon Griffith filling in the next couple of days. I assume Shannon's a, a Seinfeld guy. So I apologize if I'm stealing his thunder, but uh, you know, wanted to make sure it was rightfully recognized here during the holiday season uh, today. And if you don't know what the heck we're talking about, YouTube it. It's from Seinfeld. Going to step aside right now when we come uh, back looking ahead. Hour number two, I think a legitimate airing of grievance if you're an IU basketball fan. Yes, they got the yeah. win last night, but uh, plenty to to air uh, grievance-wise, barely getting by on a last-second uh, defensive stop against Moorhead State. Uh. That said, a little more... Uh, Brighter side of things, IU football now here on National Signing Day, trending in the right direction. Notre Dame, uh, at last check, for what it's worth, ESPN.com, number 12 class in the country. Purdue actually surprisingly uh, up there among Big Ten programs, too. So for uh, a more in-depth look on this National Signing Day for college football, we'll catch up with Dylan Sin from the Journal Gazette, a guy who will also... Uh, you know, chime in on Purdue and IU basketball and here with the, the year winding down, we'll just get a, a year in review from the guy who covers everything uh, around here. So that and more to look ahead to in hour number two. This is the Sports Rush. John Nolan filling in for Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.